Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to us now so that we do not stray from your word, but we would walk according to it. And we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Well, this morning we are taking a break from our series in the book of Matthew uh, because of the induction of Tade and Nathan into the diaconate here at Dremoyne Baptist Church. And so I was looking for a text to preach upon that would be applicable for the occasion, and I thought it would be helpful for us to study the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 15, and verse 58, and concentrating on verse 58 this morning, uh, which reads, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. And this verse comes at the end of a chapter that is all about the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also the resurrection of those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what did Paul then want us to do as he looks at the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of believers? Well, he wants us to stand firm. That's what it says at the beginning of verse uh, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. What does it mean to stand firm? Well, it's not actually standing there in the Greek, but that's the way the translator has chosen to translate this. It could be translated as remain steadfast. Uh, But basically the idea is stay where you are, stay where you are and don't let anything move you, don't let anything move you. And what does Paul want the believers to do while they're standing firm and not moving, while they're remaining steadfast? It is work, he wants them to work and we read that in verse 58, he says, therefore my dear brothers stand firm, let nothing move you, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. He wants the believers to stand firm, and while they're standing firm, while they're remaining steadfast, to work. And what is the work that he wants them to do? Well, it's work for the Lord. But what is the work that is done for the Lord? Well, it's all loving acts that we do for the Lord, that we do in his name, that we do for his honour. And what sort of loving acts do we do? Well, the loving acts that we do for him personally, the way that we read his word, the way that we spend time praying to him, the way that we uh, sing his praises, the way we meditate upon his word and think about him and try and understand him better, the way that we evangelise for him, that we share the good news about the Lord for others. That is all work for the Lord that is done out of a love for God as we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. But that's the work for the Lord that we would often think of specifically, but also we can work for the Lord in the way that we relate to other humans. As we love other humans, we are showing that we are working for the Lord as well. When we love other humans in our families, in the society, our neighbourhoods, in the workplace where we work, as we work diligently there, serving society, we are loving our neighbour and therefore doing the work of the Lord as well. And of course, within our church, as we love our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church, we're showing a love for God, a love for our neighbour, and therefore doing the work of the Lord. Now, how are we to do this work? What does the Apostle Paul tell us to do? He tells us to stand firm and to work. But how are we to work? Well, he gives us instructions as to how we are to work. He says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. How are we to work? Well, we're to give ourselves over to it. We're to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. The other way you could translate that is abounding in the work of the Lord. We should abound in work for the Lord. It should continue to flow out of us. And how often should we be abounding in the work of the Lord? Well, the text tells us. He says, 
always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And so this is how we are to stand firm. We're to stand firm and work. And as we work, we are working in abounding in it. It's laborious work that we're doing. It's hard work. Uh, and we're always going at it. Now, why would the Apostle Paul need, us to tell us, tell, need to tell us to stand firm in this work? Well, it's because there's enemies out there. There are enemies of the people of God who want them to stop the work of the Lord who want them to stop loving God and loving others. Who are those enemies? Well, Satan and the world. They hate God and they do not want God to be honoured by anyone. They do not want people to love the Lord their God and to love others as the Lord instructs. And of course, our own flesh struggles to do the work of the Lord as well. Our own flesh struggles to do that work. Why? Because it's laborious. It's really hard to love God and to love our neighbours. It is often very difficult for us to love those around us, particularly those who are a little bit more prickly than others, who are a little bit more difficult to love. We find that we don't want to work ourselves as we should, that we want to be moved to stop the work that we should, to not remain steadfast in that work. But we're called to do so. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are called to work in the Lord here, but why? Why would we want to do it? If there are enemies who want to stop us working, if it's laborious, if it's hard work to work in the Lord, why would we want to do it at all? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us why. What does it say in verse 58? Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because, why? You know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Work for the Lord is never in vain. The other way you could translate that from the Greek there is that it's not empty work. It's never empty. Because we recognise that much work that we do is wasted work. That many of the things that we put ourselves to, it seems like it's a waste. You do things and nothing happens. You try to do something around the house and what was meant to take an hour takes three hours and at the end you still aren't any further than when you first started. And it feels like a waste. But we understand that when we're doing the Lord's work, when we're labouring for him, it is never in vain. It is never in vain. It is never empty work. Now, why is it that our work is never empty? Why is it never in vain if we're doing work for the Lord, if we're loving our neighbour, if we're loving God, if we're going through spiritual exercises for him? Why is it never in vain? Because work for God is eternal and is rewarded with an eternal reward. We see this in the book of 1 Corinthians as well. Go back with me to chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, the same letter uh, written by the Apostle Paul. Chapter 3, which is found on page 1,129. And we'll read from verse 9. Verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1129. Chapter 3, verse 9. The Apostle Paul says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So we're God's fellow workers... And then what does he say about our work? Verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light." It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. 
If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Why is our work not in vain for the Lord? Because there is a reward given to those who labour at God's work, who stand fast, who let nothing move them, who do not stop the work of the Lord. There is a reward, said there in 1 Corinthians 3, that comes to them. In verse 14, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. There are rewards given out by the Lord when we enter into eternal life. And so our labour for him is never in vain. It is never empty. It is a full work that is done because God gives that reward. And of course, if we work solidly for the Lord, we go into eternal life and receive a rest from the Lord, an eternal rest that he gives to his people. We won't labour forever. I mean, in one sense, we will be still working in heaven, but it won't be the laborious work where people are trying to move you to stop and your own flesh is fighting against the work. We'll enter into an eternal rest. And this is the promise that is given to us. And so it's not in vain that we work. We will one day be given that eternal rest and we'll be given an eternal reward. But then you ask, how can we know for sure that we will be rewarded, that there is a reward, that our work is not in vain? How can we know for sure? Well, that's what the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is trying to teach us, how we can be sure. Remember what comes before his instructions to the church in Corinth? It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that comes before it. How can we know we will certainly be rewarded for our labour? It's by Christ's resurrection. If the resurrection did not take place, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the same chapter, that we are to be pitied for working for God. We're to be pitied for labouring for God. He says that back in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn with me back at one page from where we were. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. And he says, the Apostle Paul says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. It's empty faith. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If the only reason we are Christians is because of this life, if this is our best life now, then we are to be pitied above all men. The Apostle Paul is very clear that the resurrection is the reason why we work hard, because of the reward that is to come. Paul knew that working for the Lord was hard work. He knew it was hard work. He worked hard. And he knew, therefore, that it would be far easier in this world to live for pleasure. And he actually says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 30, the same chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 15, verse 30, the Apostle Paul says, And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Apostle Paul knew what it was to work for the Lord. It was deathly work. Verse 32, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Apostle Paul says if the resurrection is not true, then why are we working for the Lord? We should be eating and drinking and surrounding ourselves with as much pleasure as possible, for tomorrow we die and it's all over. 
But if the resurrection has taken place, there is life after death, there is a judgment, there is reward, there are punishments that will be handed out after this life, then we should be working hard for God. We should remain steadfast. We should not let anything move us, stop us from work. We should give ourselves fully to it always because we know that there is a resurrection from the dead, that there is reward that is given out. There are punishments. And we want to make sure that we are rewarded for our labours and that we receive that reward rather than punishment for not working for the Lord as we should. So what's it like to be a Christian? What's the Apostle Paul saying it's like to be a Christian? Well, it's like working for a large company. Like working for a large company. How so? Well, firstly, by the way that you join the company. How do you join a company? How do you join a business here in Australia? Is it by working your way into it? You somehow can work in such a way that suddenly you're a part of the company? No, it's that you're invited to join that company. You may go through an interview process, but at the end of the day, it's the company that chooses you to belong to the company. And it's the same with being a part of God's company. You don't work your way into the company. God chooses you to be a part of his company. He chooses you. Now, you say, surely I should be qualified in some way to be a part of the company. If I want to be part of a company here in Australia, I go through the interview process, I show my qualifications, and then they choose me. Surely I should be qualified in some way that God would think, you would be good for my company. The only qualification that we have to be a part of God's company is the qualification that Christ gives us. It is only because of Christ that anyone gets to join his company. Why? Because of our sin. We have nothing to merit God's company. But God, in his mercy, through his Son, cleanses us of all our sin and strengthens us and gifts us so that we can serve in his company, so that we can actually be useful, so that we can be called to work for him, despite our sin in the past. Despite our ongoing sin, the Lord Jesus continues to cleanse us and to equip us so that we can serve in his company. That's one way that, God's, uh, that we can understand God's people is by the, as a company is by the way that we join. But what motivates someone to work in a company, to labour for a company, to always give themselves fully to it? And you see people like this in a company, that they're constantly working. They're always giving themselves fully over to it. Why would someone do that? Why would someone be motivated to labour for a company? Well, it's when they know that their labour is not in vain, when it's not empty. And how would they know that their labour is not in vain? If they know that the company will endure, if the company is going to keep going, that it won't go out of business... If we work for a company that is dying, it's very hard to work for it. If you know the company is going to fold up soon, it's, it, you really lack the motivation to serve in that company. But if you know that the company is going to continue, then you want to work hard for it. How do you know a company is going to endure? Well, there's a number of ways that you can tell that a company might endure. Firstly, by looking at the product that is produced by the company. Is it a quality product? If it's a quality product, yes, you can tell that the company will endure. And if there are customers who keep wanting the product, that is a good sign that the company will continue. What else would show that a company will continue? 
if it's growing in its workforce, if more workers are being added all the time, that's a very healthy sign that a company is going to endure, that it's going to continue, that it's not going out of business anytime soon. How else can we know that a company is going to endure? It's, you look at the management. You look at the management of that company. Are they honest? Are they hardworking themselves? Or are they lazy? If you see that they're hardworking and honest, you can know that the company will endure. And what's another way? You look at who owns the company. You look at the family who owns the company. Do they invest heavily into the company as well? And that helps people to know that that company will endure. So how do we know that God's company will endure? Well, we can use the same sort of test, can't we? Is the product produced by God's company a quality product? What was the product that we produce? What was the work that we do? We produce love. Yes, the quality of love produced by Christians is a good quality love. Do customers keep wanting it? Yes, we see that people want Christian love. Even those outside the church want the love of Christians. You see it. They, they see their family fail them, their neighbours fail them, their friends fail them, the government fails them. And so who do they turn to last of all? They turn to the Christians. Surely the church will help me. And if they don't get the help there, they say, you call yourself a Christian. They know the love that should flow from a Christian. They know it should be a quality love that flows out of the Christian. And so as we see that even the unbelieving world recognises that Christian love is set apart from other love, we can tell that this company is going to endure. It's got a quality product and the customers love it. But what else was another test? Well, you look at the workers. Is the workforce growing? And you see God's company. The workforce keeps on being added to year after year, generation after generation, down through the centuries to today. And we've seen it even in this church. We see people being called out into God's company and, being, and starting to begin as faithful workers in God's company. And then what was the other test that we can see if a company is going to endure? We look at the management. Look at those who are managing the company. Do we see that God's company is going to endure? When we look at the elders of the church, the leaders of the church, yes, we can see that those who serve in churches at the leadership, they give themselves over. They're honest. They're hardworking. And we see this even in our church. We see it, I mean, you see it with me and but I'm in a paid role, but you see the volunteers, the other elders in the church, I see so much of what they do. And the deacons, they're serving behind the scenes, working hard as volunteers. Now, yes, of course, there are people who serve in God's company in leadership positions, and they're corrupt, they're dishonest, they're not hardworking. But what are they really? They're just traitors who are pretending to work for the company, but are not at all. The true... Leaders within God's company are hardworking and honest. And what was the other test that we can tell whether a company is going to endure, whether it's going to continue? We look at the family, the, one, the family who owns the company. Are they heavily invested in the company? Well, when we look at God's company, is the family of God heavily invested? Is Father, Son and Spirit heavily invested in the company of God? Yes. They give power to his company all the time, strengthening, Father, Son, and Spirit, always strengthening his company. And of course, what is the great way that we can see the heavy investment of the Trinity in their company? It's by the Father giving his Son. And his Son 
the Son of God giving himself for his company. And when I say giving himself, I don't mean just doing long hours. I mean giving his body and blood at the cross in a most excruciating, painful way that has ever been known to man. People say, oh, they give blood, sweat and tears to a company. Jesus gave blood, sweat and tears literally to God's company. And so we can know the company of God will endure. Quality product. Customers love it. Workers are being added. Management is good. The family is heavily invested. But what is the real reason we know God's company will endure? That no other company ever known to man has ever had. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the reason given in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, how we know that God's kingdom, God's company will endure. If the company's boss can come back to life when he chooses, it's a company that will endure like no other company. And that is the reason given in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as to why God's company will endure. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the resurrection did not take place, then abandon ship. Hand in your resignation. Do not work for God's company. But God's company will endure because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know it is true. And now why would it be good to work for such a company? Why would it be good to work for such a company that endures eternally? Well, we will certainly be rewarded. If a company is going out of business, you don't know what will come to you in the future. But if a promise is made that you will be rewarded and the company is going to endure for all eternity, you know you're going to get a big fat bonus at the end of your tenure when you retire from that company. You know that you're going to get long service leave. It's guaranteed if the company will continue and that is a promise that the company has made. And why else is it good to work for an enduring company? Because of the joy, the glory of being part of something that continues for all eternity. That's why some people give themselves over to a business, to a company. It's because they, they see the glory of that company, the good things that are being done there, and they love it. And so they give themselves blood, sweat, and tears to it, far more than their wage would demand of them. But they know that there's something glorious about this company, and they want to support it. And that's the same for us as Christians. What should we be doing as Christians then? We should never leave the company. We should never leave the company. We should never leave God's company. We should do what the Apostle Paul says there and stand firm, let nothing move us. Why? Because if you leave a company, what happens? You lose your long service leave. You lose your reward. And we do not want that to happen. And what else should we be doing then? We should not leave. We should work, as the Apostle Paul tells us to. Work, giving ourselves fully to the work of the Lord because we know it's a labour, yes, but it's a labour that's not in vain. We should work hard, showing love to others, love to God in whatever sphere God has called us to. What do I mean? Well, whatever work you have before you each day, that is work that you can do to the Lord, whether it's changing nappies, whether it is studying hard at school, university, college, that is work done for the Lord. Whether it is work in the workplace, 
whether it's work in the family, that work you work at with all your might, doing it for the Lord. And for Nathan and Tade, this now includes work in the church at a diaconate level. They've added to their other duties of work for the Lord. It's not that they neglect their family, they neglect their workplace, they neglect their neighbourhood. No, they're adding to their work, work within the church. And so that's what we're called to do, always give ourselves to that work. And so why do we stand firm and work so hard? Well, it's because we know that our labour is never in vain. It's never empty work. We know that there's a fat reward coming for hard workers. We won't always see the effect of our labours in this world. We can work very hard and we don't see the effect. It's one of the trials of being in church work and ministry work. You can tell people things and they sit there and they listen and they say thank you and they walk away. You don't know what's happening in their brains. You can do things for people and you don't know how they take it. But one day you will see an effect when you see the Lord Jesus face to face and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And so our labour is not in vain. And why else is our labour not in vain? Not just because of the reward and the long service leave that we're looking forward to. It's because of the joy of being part of a glorious company that endures. It's so wonderful to be part of God's company and know that we're part of a kingdom that just keeps on going and that has a Father, Son and Spirit who are all together beautiful and glorious. And we get to serve them. That's our boss. And so there's a joy in service of the Lord. So it's never in vain. But what do we do when we're weary? And enemies want to stop us from doing God's work. It is hard to work for the Lord. It says there that it's a labour in the Lord. Not just work in the Lord, but labour. It's laborious. What do we do when we're feeling the weight of the work? Of always giving ourselves fully to it. What should we do? Well, we should look to God. We should look to God. Look to the boss. When you're feeling like the work is too hard, what are you supposed to do in a company? You're meant to look to the boss. And that's what we're told to do. And, and the boss gives us help. Isaiah 40, verse 30, the passage that we had read for us earlier, says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Tardair and Nathan are pretty young, but they do grow tired and weary. And they do stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Those who hope in the Lord, who look to the Lord, they will renew their strength. Now how do we get more strength by the power of the Holy Spirit from God? Well, it's by looking at his promises, looking at a promise like Isaiah chapter 40. But of course the promise that we really love is the promise that our sins are forgiven, that we will endure, that we will go to that heavenly home because our sins are forgiven. And that is even given to us in verse 55 and 56 of Isaiah, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What does it say? Verse 55, 1 Corinthians 15, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is our great fear? That our sins will be held against us. And so we will not be allowed to be part of God's company. We will not endure for eternity with him. But if Christ has forgiven our sins, if he has paid for our sins, then that gives us strength to keep on going, 
to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. But then you say, but how can I know that sins are forgiven by Jesus Christ? How can I know that believers will one day be immortal in Christ Jesus? Well, it's by the resurrection again. So when you're weary, when you're feeling the work is hard, Tade, Nathan as well, in your diaconate positions, as you feel the weight and you don't want to love your neighbour as yourself, and you don't want to go through your spiritual exercise and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and strength, your own flesh is fighting against it, what should you do? Look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and know that there is an eternal life and that Jesus is the one who gives it. The one you are serving gives you eternal life. And if you do that, if you study the resurrection, you won't stop working. You won't let anything move you. You will give yourself fully to it, always. Now, if you're not a Christian, I want to speak to you this morning as well. If you're not a Christian, won't you realise that you're part of a company that is going out of business? You're part of a company that is going out of business. Why? There is no hope of a resurrection for your company. Whoever you serve, whatever you do each day, if it's not done to the Lord, it's done to a rival company, and a company that has no hope of the resurrection. It is not a company that will endure. Whereas what do we have with Christ? We have confirmation that he can raise the dead. How? By his resurrection from the grave many years ago as well. He has clearly demonstrated by the Spirit that he can raise the dead. Whereas your company has no such proof. And what does that mean? If your company is going out of business, that one day it will be shut down? It means that all your labour, all the hard things you do each day, it's all in vain. It's empty. All the years of service, studying, working, trying to help others, it's all for a dying company, a company that is going out of business. And what does that mean? That one day all your work will be burned up. We saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There is a testing of fire for everyone's work and their work will be burned up if it's for a rival company. When the business closes, when Jesus returns, it'll all be burned up, which means you will not receive a final reward and you will not receive long service leave in eternal rest. Instead, you will go into eternal punishment. Psalm 127 is very clear. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord is building your house, your labour's in vain. So what should you do? I encourage you, leave your company today. Hand in your resignation to your company and become part of the company that endures for all of eternity. How do you join it? Not by working your way into it, but by asking the Son who has inherited the company, asking the son to employ you, to pay the price that you need to enter into that company, to wash away your sins so that you're fit for work and to gift you so that you can serve him for all of eternity and in this world as well. Don't be too proud to switch companies, whatever age of life you've been, you are. You may have been working for a different kingdom for many years, and you feel like, as you're being told, it's all been a waste. I cannot let that be a waste. God says it's a waste. 
but he gives you hope that you can switch now and still receive a reward if you will repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ. And then what should you do? Come to Christ, ask him to include you in his kingdom, and then rejoice in working hard for a company that endures. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that you've got a reward coming to you. And long service leave that rivals any long service leave in this world. Long service that goes for eternity. And rejoice also in what? In the fact that you're part of a glorious company now that endures for all of eternity with God himself as the CEO, as the one who is the chief executive officer. And his company is a glorious company that will always endure. Let's come to him now. Let's speak to him. Heavenly Father, we praise you as the eternal king of an eternal kingdom. And we thank you for proving it by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for the times when we have not stood firm and given ourselves fully to your work. Help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to remember your promises and to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, look forward to our eternal reward and rest. And Lord, if there is anyone here this morning who is not working for you, may they see the foolishness of working for what does not endure, that it's all in vain, it's all wasted. And Lord, we ask that this morning you would include them in your company, that they would join your kingdom now by trusting in Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.